Hey, you're listening to Chew On That, and here's what we're chewing on today. After a quick, unproductive visit to Corinth, Paul and Sosthenes made their way to Ephesus, where he'd spent several days dictating what would be his longest letter to that point. It's a letter we now know as the biblical book of 1 Corinthians. A letter that, quite honestly, as far as Paul knew, in light of the persecution he'd faced and that he foresaw he might still face, could have been his last. I want to talk about that in a message we're calling The Formula. Hey, hi, welcome to Chew On That. My name is Scott Eastman. I'm the downtown pastor for Life Church, and I'm excited that you're joining us today because my today my guest is my very special friend, Season Russo. Say hi, Season. Hi, Scott. I'm telling you, <laughs> if you don't know Season Russo or even Brian Russo, you have to figure out a way to get to know them because they are some of the most genuine, oh. authentic, and sweet people that I know, and I love their hearts. Um, anyway, but I want to blow her story. So, <laughs> Season, maybe just tell us a little bit about yourself before we get started. Yeah, yeah. So, I was born and raised in Belfouche, South Dakota. Um, people do live there. A lot of people ask me, like, that's the, oh, name, the, never... that's the name of the town, Belfouche? Belfouche, South Dakota, yes. And um, so I lived there until I was 14 and then uh, moved to Florida. Uh, went to Bible college in Tampa. Uh, met my husband and we were on staff um, at his parents' church for about five years. Hmm. And gosh, probably, well, about 10 years ago, uh, we started an organization, so we were um, pastors on staff, but then uh, just felt led to um, really get in with the fight against human trafficking yeah. 10 years ago. And so we started I Heart World, and um, it's an anti-human trafficking organization. Uh, we've been at it for, yeah, 10 years, and with everything going on in the world right now, uh, just confirms that, you know, we've been doing some really great things. Yeah, no, yeah. I love that. So then, so out of Tampa, then you guys established a home mm -hmm. in Alabama. Alabama? Yep. Well, a center in Alabama a for center. survivors. Yep. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. And then you moved up here and you opened up a a home. home. Yes, a home. Yes. Uh, yep. So we've had a home here for three years and um, we've served girls as young as 12 up to women in their 40s. Wow. Um, and, you know, those women in their 40s, a lot of times people go, well, my gosh, like she's 40 something. She wants to do that. The problem is uh, she started being exploited when she was eight, nine, 10, 11 years old. Yeah. And then at 18, it was like, well, she's 18. So now it's her choice. So, yeah, yeah. we've served Tons of girls and women right here in Green Bay. A lot of people don't know that that Green Bay is like on a, a thoroughfare of mm. trafficking, like from Chicago, Milwaukee to Minneapolis. Yes. It is, yes. So that's why that's why Green Bay, yes. Yes, yep. So I was I don't know if I was talking to you about this, but somewhere I saw someone because uh, save our children is a hashtag that's trending mm. right now on Twitter yep. and on Facebook uh, on this very topic, yep. right? And so because they just like. I don't know, some operation found some girls in Michigan, which led them to Ohio, which led them to Georgia. And there's like 39. 39 yeah. yeah. Yep. You know, and so a lot of people will look at that on the news and say, that doesn't happen here. Mm -hmm. But like, it does happen. It here. does. And there's yep. one lady that says she doesn't believe that it happens because she doesn't know anyone that it's happened to. And I think wow. that like, we're so stupid that mm -hmm. way sometimes. <laughs> or if it doesn't happen to us yeah. or someone we know that it must not be real. I mean, the same thing is true of COVID. I didn't, I'm not sick. It's all just a media wow. farce or it's all just something. Like we just... Like wow, as, so as good. As big as the world is, like, sometimes we're, like, so silly about it. I know. It, totally. Know? Oh, my gosh, anyway, yes. So, I love what you guys do with <laughs> Iron World and the Rose Home and everything else, and so mm -hmm. that's fantastic. But, like I said, uh, Chew on That is about um, 
going through maybe some of the some of at least my favorite parts of the most recent sermon from Life Church mm-hmm. Green Bay. And so uh, we'll just play a few of those sound clips, uh, starting with this one just now. I mean, is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you or were you baptized in the name of Paul? I mean, I thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius so that no one may say that they were baptized in my name. It's like he's saying, don't get it twisted. This isn't about me. It's not about Apollos. It's not about Peter. For Christ didn't send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel. And not even with words of eloquent wisdom, even though of all the people who could have stood on or depended upon his wisdom and intellect, it was Paul. But he knew that by doing that, the cross of Christ would be emptied of its power. I feel like when it comes to our faith, um, it's easier for us to identify and connect with the people that we can see and touch. Mm -hmm. So like when I think about uh, like uh, my upbringing in the Catholic church, Mm -hmm. you know, my, my, the pastor of our church was a guy named father Val. He was this little short Polish dude and I loved father Val. Mm -hmm. Right. And it was easier for me to identify with my faith through father Val. Wow. And so, but, and there's nothing wrong with father Mm -hmm. Val. He was great. He's Mm -hmm. probably dead. I would imagine because he was old. (laughs) But um, so often like we, we try to like tie ourselves to the, to the, to people of God, to men of God, mm. to women of God, because mm. that leadership is something that we can go and see on a Sunday mm. and be entertained by on a Sunday or challenged by on a Sunday where like God seems like, oh, he's so big and on a cloud mm. so far away, right? So wow. we, we have a hard time like really connecting with God. And so that's why I feel like even as first as early as the first century, the first churches, they were still struggling with that or they were right. already struggling with that. Yeah. They're like, wow, I like Paul's way or I like Apollos' way or I like Peter's way. And, and like Paul's like, this got nothing to do with me. Mm. It wasn't baptizing you in my name, I was baptizing you in Jesus's name. It's amazing. But like, I feel like as Christians, it's easier for us to identify with a flesh and blood Mm -hmm. version of God than it is for us to identify with an omniscient, omnipresent, Mm -hmm. omni something. Something, fill in the blank. (laughs) There's a lot of them. It's like all the omnis, right? It's easier for us to, you know, look at Father Val or Pastor Sean and say, Mm -hmm. oh, but I love Pastor Sean. I will only go to life church because Pastor Sean's great. And Pastor Sean is great. Yeah. You know, and I love that he has Jesus's heart. Um, but like, this isn't the church of Pastor Sean mm. or the, the church of Pastor Sonny. Yeah, like, As totally. great as those people are, you know, people are like, oh, I miss going to church. Mm. I can't believe I'm losing my faith because I can't see Sean and his Air Jordans. Or <laughs> right. And like, that's not what it's about at all. Yeah. Well, and if I can chime in too, Scott, I think two things stick out to me. One, when we put pastors on this pedestal, honestly, it's not fair to them yeah. uh, because they're not going to be able to live up to it. Uh, my husband and I were um, pastors on staff as well, like I mentioned. And there were times, you know, that people would be talking to me and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, if you only knew, like I'm working out my salvation, like I'm not, you know, I'm doing, I'm doing my best. I'm putting the work in, but girlfriend, like, don't like, don't elevate me to this point. And so I think, you know, even if we're being honest as pastors, there's this like, oh my gosh, like, but like, I have my own stuff that I'm wrestling through. And so, um, and then the second thing is, I loved that um, Paul had said uh, he didn't send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel. And, you know, I think we probably got the same thing out of that, that, you know, 
even here on earth, like we're not here to build ministries and to um, build uh, ministries in our name or even baptize, it's, it's literally to preach the gospel. Like it's, I think we complicated at times. And I think God looks down and goes, listen, I love y'all so much, but like everybody has their little issues. So yeah. just preach the gospel. Cause you can't mess that up. Don't yeah. build your kingdom, build my kingdom kingdom because you can't mess that up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So good. And I, I feel like we're all, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I wanted to say ordained, but maybe that's not <laughs> even the right word, but like we're all, engaged mm-hmm. to do the same thing, right. regardless of our, our education, regardless yep. of our title, regardless of whatever, we're all supposed to be preaching mm. the gospel. There's some of us, there's some people, you know, they just like, they have another skill set where it makes sense that they could be, they could administer church or administer mm. ministries or whatever. So but that doesn't mean that like you're mm. alluding to that they're somehow further along, that nope. some of us are holier. And Mm-mm. I feel like some of that, some of that high church or that first church model led mm-hmm. us to believe that. Right. Like like somehow these people are have to be holier than us or better Mm -hmm. than us or uh, closer to God than us. And like, I mean, like God holds them closer, Mm -hmm. you know, and and they're they're not there's nothing (laughs) special about them. There's nothing special about Father. Like I said, there's nothing special about Father Val or Pastor Sean or Pastor Sonny or you or me or anybody else. No, (laughs) you know, we just like happen to be in a a spot where, you know, we're helping to facilitate that. That doesn't, that's not an indication that we're somehow more sanctified or we're somehow more pious or whatever. Yep. And so definitely there, definitely, I'm definitely interested in walking with people. Mm. You know, I'm definitely interested in like, you know, walking alongside you. But if you're saying, I want to be more like Scott or I want to be more like season, like Mm. that's a, no. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. By the time Paul had unfolded a long argument, he made it plain that no man could discover God by way of his intellect. And even if Paul had known what marvels of knowledge would emerge the next 2,000 years, that the human mind and anatomy were infinitely complex and that the universe is so vast that the earth, it spins as a mere speck in space, he'd have said the same thing. He'd have considered it ironic that the more man discovered the insignificance of our planet, the more highly we would rate ourselves, that we would somehow convince ourselves that we can explain everything away without even making reference to God. So Paul would remind them, and ultimately us, that humanity, we know nothing. So, you know, I think what's interesting is the father's prayer comes to me from Mm -hmm. this one where it says, give me this day, my daily bread. And I think so often um, we want to, we want to kind of put God, I know I've done that in the past where I want to put God in a corner Mm -hmm. and I go, I can figure this out. Like if I can just get the plan, if I can get my plan and use my, um, you know, my intelligence and my wisdom, if I can just get a plan for six months or a year or five years, I don't need God. But if you look at the father's prayer, we're supposed to pray, give me this day, my daily bread. And what that tells me is that God loves us so much and he wants to be in relationship with us every morning that he doesn't want to give us enough for six months or a year. He wants to, he wants us to come back every morning morning. and be in relationship with us every single morning. And so I think kind of tying into what pastor Sean was saying is that we realize we know nothing. We might think we do, but God built us to come back to him, not because he's, 
you know, this big mean God, you know, looking down from heaven going, come to me, but because he loves us and he knows um, how that will actually get us further along with peace as we're moving forward on this journey. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I, I it's, it's uh, certainly uh, like a cliche, cheesy, mean kind of thought, <laughs> but like, I feel like this relationship we have with God, because we're, especially Americans, we're mm. very uh, like self-reliant. No, I got this. I don't need help from anybody. I'm so going to do this all by myself. I don't want anyone to, you know, and if, I don't know if it's because we don't want to inconvenience people or if it's because we want to make sure we get all the credit in the end. Wow. But I feel like well, that's the kind of people we are. And, and it reminds me of a, some kind of meme where it talks about we need to treat Jesus, our, our relationship with God is more like a steering wheel, less like a life ring. Wow. Right? Right, where we just like, because that's what we'll do. Like you said, we'll put God in the corner. Just, I'll let you know when I need help with the big stuff. Mm-hmm. I'll just take care of the little stuff, including my daily bread. I'll, mm-hmm. You know, so, but if I'm, you know, in a car crash or I have cancer, then I'll call you in. Yep. Right. As though like God's a ringer that we don't, we only bring in when we want to make sure, right. you know, that we can't do it ourselves. And like, and God's funny that way. Like, I, I love what you said because he, he wants us to have this daily reliance on mm-hmm. him. Like, all the time. Mm-hmm. And so um, last night at LC downtown, we were talking about this topic and I was saying, because we, we're funny because we feel like we're smart enough and good enough to get it by ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so we feel like we can figure this whole thing out by ourselves and don't need God or, you know, are probably be maybe even smarter and more in touch than God was or that we're good enough. And it reminded me of a, uh, there was a tweet um, from uh, the Pope, uh, Jorge, I think, yeah, I don't know what it is full name is. It's Jorge something. I don't know if I'm supposed to call him the Pope because he's not my Pope. But I, I how that know. works. Huh? I don't know. Yeah. So I just want to find it for you because actually I really liked it. I didn't, you'd think you would have it just right on hand when I was going to do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pope Francis tweeted, God does not love you because you behave well. He loves you plain and simple. His mm-hmm. love is unconditional. It doesn't depend on you. And sometimes I think that we hmm. think that we can like be wow. good enough to get our way into heaven or good wow. enough to like keep hmm. God at bay and just, you know, leave me alone because I'm, I'm good enough. And like hmm. God's love is for us has nothing to do with how well we behave. And so I love that. I love that the, the grace that's associated with that because I, I'm discovering in my life, even, you know, this late in my life that I'm still not hmm. got to figure out. I'm still not good enough. And the wow. fact that my only, the only skill set I have to be good enough and the only skill set I have to figure it out on my own or think through it with my own intellect is that which I get from God anyway. Wow. You know, and man, so, so good. Yeah. You know, I even think about, um, with my daughter, uh, she's three, her name's Magnolia. And, you know, I wonder if a lot of how we behave as adults is, is even our culture. So like with Magnolia, I say, okay, well, if you do this and you behave or, right. you know, while we're at this, you know, this dinner, then when we get home, you can have a popsicle. Right. And, you know, I just wonder how often, um, do we really transition that concept over to our relationship with God? Well, yeah. if I do this and I do that, you know, then yeah, so I'll good. be accepted, you know, on, Yeah. 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 Yep. We want, we want our relationship with God to be transactional. Yeah. Like that. Yeah, exactly. And God's like, it's got nothing to do with it. It's that. got nothing to do with it. I love yep. you no matter what. Yep. So it's not, not dependent on how well you behave mm-hmm. at the restaurant. Yeah. Right. Yep. And heaven better have more than just popsicles. I mean, geez. Oh my gosh. Popsicles. What the dickens? <laughs> I'm thinking like chocolate cake and ice cream. And you're like, I'll give oh, you a popsicle, popsicle when we get home. Here's a piece of kale. Whoop-de-doo. <laughs> <laughs> Paul says, I mean, I'm not saying all this to make you ashamed, but to bring you, my dearest children, to your senses. For though you have countless teachers, you don't have many fathers. 
You don't have many men who will love you and discipline you. Not many men who will speak the truth in love. Sean often talks about um, his pastor. He mm-hmm. calls him his pastor, yep. Buntain, Pastor mm-hmm. Buntain. And so, and he often tells the story of um, like how, how sometimes cold, you know, Pastor Buntain could be. Like just like straight up, you know, yeah. just harsh, yep. you know, and I feel like, uh, Sean always resonates with that kind of love, the kind of love that, you know, does away with kindnesses or, you know, <laughs> unnecessary charity and just say, Hey, this is the thing, mm-hmm. you know? And so there's, I don't know that we, that any of us are good at that. I feel like we're either good in either direction, but not in that center. Like, I feel like some of us are like, I'm, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm too sweet of a dad to my kids. Mm-hmm. Like I, I mean, like I'll just do anything and mm-hmm. I shouldn't, right? I should, I mean, like I shouldn't just do anything. Sometimes mm-hmm. I should set them straight. And so, <laughs> um, so I feel bad about that. But then, you know, there's other dads that are just like, there's no sweetness in them at all. So mm-hmm. they're, they're either, they either like, instead of speaking words in love, even mm-hmm. words of correction and love, we'll either just love or we'll speak words of correction and getting those both things together. Like wow. that's the sweet spot, that, you know, of the racket. And so like, if we could just keep hitting in that sweet spot, like everything would be so much better. And so, but we're so lousy at that mm. because we either feel like if I, if I'm all loving, then I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. And so like, I love this idea that Sean says we need to surround ourselves with people that will love us that way. That will mm. speak truth and love over us. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's hard to find. Oh my gosh. And you know, I think about gosh, Scott, when I was probably 19, um, and my mentor came to me and, um, somebody that I really trust. I mean, she's, she's loved Jesus for years. And, um, anyway, she came to me or invited me to her house. It was like 45 minute drive. And I get to her house and she brings me into, um, like her living room where she reads and all that. And she, the only way I can say it is she just brought correction. And at first I was like, who do you think you are? <laughs> like, I'm 19. I'm going to change the world. Right. You're not like, and I realized after I left, I thought, wow, like I needed to hear everything she had to say. Yeah. And I realized for her, she didn't enjoy that, but because she loved me, she was re- willing to, to have the conversation. And so that's a conversation that really was pivotal for me as I became a young adult. And I feel like really has shaped me into who I am Mm. today compared to her just going, you know, just tooting my horn and season. You're great. There was an area that she, she just really called it out in me, but in love. Um, and then I can say on the flip side after, um, having employees, um, but even just relationships, family, friends, um, I've had to be on that end where like, I'll be wrestling like, Oh my gosh, like, I feel like I need to say this, but is it going to hurt them? And realizing, um, if I do it in love, ultimately it's, it's actually selfish for me to not bring correction because I'm like, Oh, like, how am I going to look? What are they going to think? When, when in reality, if I love somebody, I've realized I'm willing to give myself a stomach ache. Yeah. Um, but then no, no, they're going to leave going, you know what? Like, thank you. Thank you for putting yourself out there. Um, so yeah, I think I'm with you on that. Like, how do you find that balance? But I can definitely say I've been on both ends and, um, there's definitely a place to speak truth in love. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think, I think the Fulton Buntane quote was like, you can say anything you want as long as you say it in love, love. Yep. you know? And so I, I probably overstated how sweet I am to my kids. And I particularly <laughs> think about my son cause there's, I don't know about everybody, but I like, I love my daughter and I would, mm. you know, step in front of a train for my I daughter, but there's like some obligation that I've got to my son about being mm. a man. Like I'm raising a man, wow. right? Like I'm not just, it's not just, I'm raising a kid, I'm raising a man. And so I, all the expectations that, 
you know, <laughs> I need to build into him and he's got to see it. He's got to see it in me. And so mm-hmm. like, there's sometimes when I'm like, but I want to make sure, I always want to make sure that I like, I explain to him that I'm not, I'm not telling you this or I'm not trying to stop mm-hmm. you from doing this because I don't want you to have fun or I don't want, and I feel like that's the way that I fix. Cause I feel like my dad was kind of that way. My dad was hard. My dad was a hard mm-hmm. dad. I mean, I love him. He's sweet. And mm-hmm. he was never like a pat you on the head kind of dad though, yeah. or a hold you in his arms kind <laughs> of dad. And so not doing that left me to believe that anytime he corrected me with just harsh words and, hmm. and correction, but without explanation or justification or love, hmm. then I was just left thinking, yeah, my dad just hates me. Wow. Right? So if there's no explanation of that as a parent, you know, <laughs> then we leave our kids to think that. And I might wow. be trying to correct him out of love, but unless I, you know, paint that out for him, but only because I recognize how much more like he is hmm. to me. <laughs> like, I'm like, this is how I would have thought of that if I don't outline the context, so you good. know? And so I feel like that's, that's, so if you're wondering how does it, you know, what does it look like when you say anything, as long as you say it, I love, that's what it looks mm-hmm. like. You still have to say the hard word, like you said, mm-hmm. give yourself a stomach ache, mm-hmm. but you know, there's still a way to say, and this is why, or this is mm-hmm. the context of that. I love you. I don't want you. And this is what I've gone through because of not correcting that. I don't want you to have to go through that because it hurts a lot worse than these words mm-hmm. hurt me now, blah, 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 all that stuff. Yeah. So, so yeah, good. Good. And with the face of that perfect love filling his mind, Paul knew formula had just been formed. He surged forward and resumed dictating, delivering the best known of all his works, a prose poem that besides its profound spiritual value allows Paul to rank among the greatest masters of all literature. He said, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it's not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love takes no pleasure in evil, but it rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. It never fails. Listening to that, of course, it takes just about everybody back to some wedding or their most recent wedding, right? Mm-hmm. Because those—that's that verse, that Corinthians verse—is <laughs> read at every wedding, yeah. regardless of the depth <laughs> of the faith of the yeah. people that are getting married. But. Um, and as a, you know, because my other job is as a wedding photographer, so I've heard this verse oh, wow. a ton of times. And so, like, I just, uh, I feel like we almost gloss over it. Because, mm. Oh, it's that one. Love is the thing with yep. the stuff, right? And so, but in this part of the message, and it's really worth going back and listening to. So if you're just listening to this podcast, but haven't yet listened to Sean's full sermon, let me just tell you mm-hmm. to do that because that's like one of the best 20 minutes you'll spend this week. Mm-hmm. But in it, he also rereads that same verse through in the King James version. That's right. Yes. And in the King James version, although there's a lot of Shakespeare in there, the <laughs> one thing that jumps out for me is his explanation of how in the King James version, they chose to use the word charity instead of love because, you know, certainly love does do all those things, but the idea of charity is, is love without expectation or love without strings or love without condition. Right. And so that's a whole different kind of love, hmm. you know, because I, I feel like in our lives, even when we don't admit to it, we're st- we oftentimes love in an accounting book. Hmm. You know, like there's a debit and a credit. 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 It's a new word, love. <laughs> <laughs> a debit and a credit, you know, column to our yeah. love. Like, you know, even if we, even if we feel like we're, you know, over giving love, we're always mm. still keeping track of it, you know, because we want to match it against what we're getting in return. And we do that yeah. in our, in our, in our public relationships, like the ones with just friends or workmates. We do that in mm. our most intimate relationships with our spouses or our kids <laughs> where, 
you know, and I think we do that, you know, by in our nature that, but that's our fleshly nature <laughs> where we're like, I did this and this and we hold on to it. Yeah. Right? Like we'll like, we'll <laughs> put it in like a file folder yeah. in the back of our bottom drawer. But as soon as we have the opportunity to point it out, we're like, and this, yes. like as though it's some big piece of evidence that we slap onto the table and a courtroom drama and say, ha ha, I've got you now because yes. I did all this for you. And now you can't even do this for me. Dang. Totally. God's like, I don't do that to you. Why are you doing that to anybody else? Why are you doing that to your neighbor? Why are you doing that Hmm. to your friends or your workmate? Why in the world will you be doing that to your spouse or your Mm. kids or your mom or your dad? Or, you know what I mean? Like, why would you ever do that? And so I love that idea that love is all those things because it is all those things. And, Hmm. um, you know, I wondered if you reread that list of patient and kind and Hmm. boastful and blah, 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 like, like how many of those things are we hitting every day? You know, like if, if you hit them all, you were batting a thousand or you batting a yeah. thousand or you really Hell. just batting like 500 or 250 or 100, yeah. you know, it, oh my so gosh. I feel like our job is to strive on a daily basis to be those things every day, man. And it wouldn't cost us a thing yeah. seasons. Like it's not, I mean, that doesn't cost us anything to like be loving. Yeah. Our pride is the only thing that it is. Costs. Yep. Oh my gosh, totally. And you know, it's funny you say that, Scott, because I was thinking about that as Pastor Sean was um, uh, speaking about the fruits. And I thought to myself, oh my gosh, like I found myself kind of getting overwhelmed. Like, oh my gosh, right now I don't have peace. (laughs) I don't have patience. Like I was yesterday watching it going, dang. And, you know, I feel like for me, when I don't see those, that fruit in my life, I know it's because I'm unplugged from my source. I'm unplugged Mm. from Jesus. I'm not, and not in that like religious, like I'm on my knees for 30 minutes and then I'm in my Bible for three hours a day, but where I'm distracted by what's, what's in my world, what I can see. Um, But I know the times that I'm like, dang it, just like I am as determined to get my coffee in the morning, I'm going to be determined at some point to, to be with Jesus. If that's driving in my car, playing a couple worship songs, if that's, getting in my word, if that's watching messages, like, you know, feeding my spirit, you know, just like we would go to the gym and work out to get results for our body. We're going to eventually get results. And I feel like, um, you know, just that's something that came to me as I thought, man, I know when those fruits aren't present in my life, it's because I'm disconnected Mm. from Jesus. Because when I am, those just nat, those naturally surface for me. Yeah. Yeah. And alpha, we talk, uh, for a number of weeks, in that course. And if you've not taken the alpha course, let me just super encourage you to do that because Mm. it's, it's a great way to get re familiar with your faith. A lot Mm. of us, our faith formation happened when we were little, whether it was in Sunday school or religion class or CCD or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, whatever else. And so like, but a lot of the stuff that we were taught as kids, you know, it was taught like on a kid level and like, there's so much more to our faith in that. So alpha is a great Mm. way to like, go back and let's go back to square one and rethink this through who is Jesus. Why did Jesus die? Right. Who's the Holy spirit? How does that even work? Why do I even need to pray? And all these other great Mm -hmm. things. And so there's a few weeks that we dedicate to the Holy spirit. And I love that because, Hmm. um, you know, the Holy spirit, is a, is a hard to get your hands on because it's, there's not like a contextual mm-hmm. thing to that. Like Jesus was a dude mm-hmm. 2000 years ago and he, you know, mm-hmm. he was born in a manger and <laughs> rode a donkey and all these other things. And God is like, well, God's always been, and he's got a big beard and big sandals mm-hmm. and lives on a big throne. And so, but like the Holy spirit is like this, like third string part mm-hmm. of God. And so, um, but if we start looking at the Holy spirit as like the friendship of God, rather than this like weird Love entity it. we can't yes. figure out, then those things that we're talking about that you're talking about, about like be, having him just be along all the yeah. time. It's like having a best friend, like, like that. I don't know. For me this summer, 
my junior summer, <laughs> right? Where you're able to drive and kind of be independent, but you're still mm. in school and still with your parents. And like <laughs> that summer that you spend like with your best friend, like that summer is like mm. the best summer. And like you just did everything with your friend. My friend was Tom Milky and I just did everything with Tom <laughs> Milky, right? Cool. And so Huh. Tom Milky was just ever present, mm. right? Like it woke up, what am I going to do with Tom today? Oh, Tom's mm. coming over, whatever. Yeah. And so I feel like we can have that same sort of relationship with God mm. through the Holy Spirit where he's just always with us, mm. you know? Um, and so they, they use this example in the Alpha film series. It's really beautiful. He's talking about uh, a sponge, but not like a sponge, like you go to like, the festival and buy a sponge to tell you just a sponge, <laughs> okay. but like an authentic sponge, like you they would have seen in Tampa, heart. right? Yeah, because yeah. in yeah. Tampa at Tarpon Springs, yes, 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 just yep. north of Tampa, yep. right? They do sponge diving. totally. Yes, I'm anyway. impressed you knew that. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so when those sponges, like when they take them up out of the water and they dry out, they're like rocks. Hard, yep. You know what I mean? They're hard mm -hmm. and they kind of shrivel, right? And they're yep. like you're like, well, how is this even a sponge? Mm -hmm. But then like the second you start touch it in the water, it, like starts to soften, right, and expand. Mm -hmm. And then and then if you put the whole thing in it, all just gets soft and it's smooshy and feels mm. so great. And yep. then the thing that they say in this video is they say the sponge is in the water, but the water is in the sponge. And like, I feel like we can be that way wow. with God. We're like, we're in God. Again, not like in a, I'm kneeling on a kneeler for four hours yeah. a day and like, you know, praying beads and stuff, but yeah. just like having him around me, like totally. Tom Wilkie. Yeah. Like just, he's just always around yeah, me. Yeah, just your friend. He's right. your friend. Always around yep. me. I'm in the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's in me. Mm. And now everything just kind of makes sense. Wow. Right? It's so much easier to love when the Holy Spirit's in me than mm. it is when I'm just trying to do it by myself. Yes, totally. You know? just, oh my I, gosh. I have that charity in me. Yes. I'm in charity. Charity's in me. There you go. Right. I yeah, love it's it. It's just beautiful. Oh my gosh. So profound. And as I read that, I thought, I wonder why they changed the word love to charity. So I did some study and, and I discovered that the translators made the switch because in their context, the word charity encapsulated any loving action that didn't depend on the love being returned. And it hit me, that's it. That's the formula. Loving people with a love that doesn't depend on them loving me back. A love that's patient and kind, that doesn't envy or boast, isn't proud, rude, self-seeking, or easily angered, that doesn't keep record of wrongs or take pleasure in evil, but instead rejoices in the truth, that bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Most importantly, never, ever fails. It's so funny that... <laughs> I guess I didn't know that that was the fifth soundbite because we just yeah. totally worked that whole yeah, thing out. Yeah, we did. But as that applies to us and like what we're doing, but then I also wonder about how that applies to us in our current environment. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like I don't remember, yeah, I'm old. And so like, <laughs> but I don't remember ever having a time where there's so much like conflict. <laughs> like, I just feel like there's conflict over poli politics, right? It's a political mm -hmm. season. It's a presidential election year. So there's, pol and that's always been messy, but never ever this messy, mm -hmm. I don't think. And then COVID, right? That's politically messy. I don't know why, but the people are picking sides and there's masks and no masks or meat and not meat or whatever else. And then, and then there's like racial tensions, which I don't feel like have been equaled, like for such an extended period of time since like you know, the race issues of the 60s and 70s. Mm -hmm. Like I just, you know, there's been events, but they've kind of like come and gone. Like mm -hmm. they, in a news cycle, we've forgotten about them, but they just keep coming back up again and again and again. And people are just digging their heels on all these things. They dig in their heels on Black Lives Matter or All Lives Matter. They dig in their heels on COVID's real and COVID's fake. They dig in their heels on I'm a Republican or I'm a Democrat. Mm -hmm. We keep just digging in our heels. And I guess that's fine for everybody else. But then I wonder, 
as followers of Jesus, if we're not called to a higher standard than that, <laughs> that, you know, if, if we really, if we really believe what we say we believe, or if we follow who we say we follow, can any of that stuff come first? Can we be Republicans or Democrats before we're Jesus people? Can we be black or white before we're Jesus people? Can we be mass or no mass before we're Jesus people? And, I, mm. and what's worse are people that like leverage Jesus for their own gain mm-hmm. or for their own point. And I don't think that Jesus ever would have done any mm-hmm. of that. No. Like, I don't think, I, I mean, we were, uh, I was somewhere, we were talking about, um, there's this dude named Andy Stanley. Mm. Not Flat Stanley, which okay. is a little paper doll that you carry around <laughs> yeah. and take pictures of everyone. Yes. But Andy Stanley, uh, who pastors a big mega site church down in Atlanta, and he was talking about this topic. And he was talking about how, as people in our nature, back to this fleshly thing, mm-hmm. like we just want to win. We want to win. Like we just, like we're in it to win it. Mm-hmm. And so no matter what we do, you know, in our jobs, in our relationships, we want to be on the winning side. In fact, sometimes even I will say, I wish I could just win sometimes. Mm-hmm. I just feel like I just keep losing all yeah. the time. I just feel like I deserve a win. Mm-hmm. And so, and I think that like when Jesus came and the, mm-hmm. and his disciples recognized who he was as the Messiah and they believed that as Messiah in their heads, they thought that he was there to win. Mm-hmm. They thought, okay, now we're going to yep. win. We're going to win over the Romans and we're going to take over. We're going to kick them out and beat them. And we're going to, you know, and, and even like <laughs> Peter in the garden, we were talking about this in, uh, with Becky the other day, even with Peter in the garden, he was ready to fight to win, right? Like yeah, he, Like totally. grabbed a sword from somebody and cut off somebody's ear. Mm-hmm. And because he wanted to win. This is mm-hmm. how we win. Now we're going to take our stand. And yep. like Jesus is like, hey, that's not how we're doing this. Though. Yes. You know? And so like, I wonder if the same thing is true about our politics or about mm-hmm. our COVID or about our race. That yeah. in fact, if we love the way that Sean just said, Jesus said that we're supposed to act or that Paul said that we're supposed to act, there's no room for winning or losing. Mm-hmm. It's not, we're not even playing the same game. Man. You know? And so... That kind of love is a completely different sort of love. Man, and you're so right, Scott. It's, it is so complicated, um, especially with everything that's been going on since March. And, you know, I think about in the gospel um, where it talks about you're, you're looking at your neighbors, the, um, uh, the not plank, the sliver, yeah, right? The speck it's in speck his in his eye, eye yeah. and you've got a plank in your eye. Yep. Obviously, I need to really research the context of that. But, you know, I feel like that's been really my focus is I've had moments over the last few months where I've been like a couple times where I've just been like a crying mess because I've realized, oh, my gosh, there's so many areas of my life. It's made me slow down to go, my gosh, like I'm often this way. I'm pointing fingers at this person and that person when, man, this is a time to really search our hearts. And, you know, I think it's become... Um, just a time that everybody has their pointer fingers out and we're just pointing um, when reality is we kind of need to bring those those pointer fingers back to ourselves and go, dang, like, what do I need to get in order in my life and in my world and in my family and in my home? And, um, you know, and in return, I think as we do that, um, Jesus gives us compassion for the world, for where they are. And I I think it's really, it's a time that, um, you know, we should really be reflecting on, man, how, how can I learn through this? How can I grow? Um, And I know as, as Jesus people, you know, that's easier for us to say than somebody that's not. But, um, you know, I think if you can imagine Jesus in this day and age, how would he be handling this? You know, I would be so curious. Right. I mean, and I feel like he kind of, I mean, I mean, 
it's hard to know exactly what it meant to have dinner with tax collectors <laughs> or prostitutes or other sinners or mm. lepers or whatever. It's hard to imagine exactly what that context, what is like, what is our version of that? Mm-hmm. But you have to believe that Jesus was an includer, not yes. an excluder, right? That like, in his very nature, like he welcomed everybody, regardless of their state, yep. regardless of their station, regardless so of, true. you know, whatever. Like I think about like, you know, the guy that died on the cross with Jesus that, you know, mm-hmm. he said, hey, you're welcome. I'll see you later this afternoon mm-hmm. in heaven. Right? Like, yeah. You know what I mean? And that dude yeah. had no chance to be good or, you yeah. know, be well behaved or give money to the church. All he could do is say, I need you. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, like, I feel like Jesus was always including those people. Totally. So I feel like if there's a thing that, that is asking me to exclude somebody else because of their politics or because mm-hmm. of their race or because of their mask or no mask. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's not the way Jesus would be. He'd be hmm. like, you know, we're not excluding anybody. Mm-hmm. Like you, you, you shouldn't be like calling out anybody. You shouldn't mm. be criticizing anybody. You shouldn't be calling anyone else a fool or a traitor mm. or whatever else. Right. Mm-hmm. That you should be loving them regardless. Yeah. And if you want them to know the right way, show them the right way. Yeah. And that is all about love and nothing about being right or winning. Right. Oh my gosh. So yeah. good. Man. It's just a crazy time. Mm. Like, I feel bad for everybody. I feel bad for everybody. But not mm. everyone feels bad for everyone. Everyone yeah. hates everybody right <laughs> now. Yeah. You know, if you wear a shirt or if you, you know, I don't know, make yeah. a post or make a, yep. you know. Sean's always on me because I, I'm i a, a pretty active social guy. Totally, like, yeah. And so, like, and I, I don't know how to, like not be me like I just mm. put that out there right and yeah so I was getting texts from Sean <laughs> so I was like bro seriously <laughs> from some of your posts <laughs> yeah and wow. so anyway I did something the other day about about this topic about Jesus and like mm. what what Jesus would do and and then there's all these people that are claiming Jesus is theirs but then like using it to their advantage politically and I'm like I don't mm. think Jesus was a political person. Yeah. You know like if he if he was it wasn't against a particular party it was a it was against oppression it was against injustice wow. it was against you know what I mean and so you know careful how you do that and so mm. anyway and like and there's people that really like jumped on it not Sean but okay. like people really jumped on it and I was like I don't understand like how you're confused by this then wow we, must, we as a church not life church but as sure the church, church the yeah. church have have allowed stuff to go on maybe that we shouldn't have gone on you know mm. like this because it's really clear what we're supposed to be doing we're supposed to be like taking care of widows and orphans mm. and visiting religion. sick and yep prisoners right and mm-hmm. helping people that just get out of prison and like we're supposed to be doing all the, these are the things we're supposed to be up to mm-hmm. we're not up to like electing presidents or and I, we should vote it's our yep. civil responsibility to vote yep. people have died for that I'm not saying that but it just mm-hmm. but when our nationalism <laughs> this is just my opinion mm-hmm. uh, but when our nationalism overtakes our faith or trumps our faith no pun intended mm-hmm. then then I think we have a problem wow you know like if we're like you know I stand for the flag and I, you know, salute the Pledge of Allegiance. Like, and I love all that. Like, I, I do. I love all that. But, like, if that comes before who I am in Jesus, wow. then I don't know that I'm doing it right. Yeah. You know? Like, anyway. So good. Anyway. <laughs> Season, I'm so glad that you were here. You were super you, sweet Scott. and fantastic. Thank you. So insightful. <laughs> Maybe you come back again. Yes, I would love that. Or, and Brian, or both yes. of you. How fun we could do that. That'd be? be so fun. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. <laughs> yes. Listen, if you guys uh, have enjoyed this podcast and think that someone would benefit from hearing these words, I'd encourage you to just share this podcast with people you love and know. You can also subscribe or encourage them to subscribe uh, to this podcast, uh, chew on that, on any of your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify and 
Apple uh, podcast. Um, also, uh, we'd appreciate it if you can, if you've been listening to Chew on that for a while and think it's been fantastic, we'd encourage you to support us by visiting lifechurchgreenbay.com slash give. Uh, podcasts take a little bit of uh, resources to put together, so we sure could use your support in that way. Either which way, keep listening. We love having you around, and I'll talk to you the next time for Chew on That. Thanks for joining us. Oh, 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 o